Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you to our team leading us today in worship. In the name of Jesus, I greet you today. Uh, we are going to have a reading to set us up for our message this morning. It's from 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 5 to 7. So if you have your Bibles with you, great. If not, there's some in the seats. I'll put it on the screen for you as well. Looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Um, and this might sound familiar because it's the source of the call to worship, that, that little response we did at the top of the service. This is the source text of that. So would you please stand for a reading from God's word this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. It says this. I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, I'm sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Father, I thank you for these words written uh, from Paul to Timothy and that they carry forward over the many years to speak to your church, to continue to speak. Lord, I pray that we'd hear these words as if they were written to us, to honor the faith of those who have gone before us, the grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers of the church, both this particular church and the greater church, the kingdom of God in Christ. And Lord, help us today to stir, to rekindle that gift that you've given us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You did not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And Lord, I pray that we'd honor you with those gifts today as we gather here together. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks again for gathering here this morning. We have been and uh, are concluding today a series called Gifted. Our series has been called Gifted, and it's about the Holy Spirit's gifting of the church. We have these spiritual gifts that the Spirit has given us by faith for use in the church to, to help us to mature in our faith and then also to help us grow in our mission as a church together. And so there's a packet of gifts that we've been working through that the Spirit doles out in a church and in the church for His use, again, for our growth and for the growth of the church. And so that's why it's, the, it's gifted, the idea of the Holy Spirit uh, gifting to us and gifting to us as a church. And, and the metaphor we've been using of why we would pursue giftedness, I'll tell you in a second, but this has been our thesis statement here for this series. And it's this, it says, God, by the Holy Spirit, He gives gifts, spiritual gifts, talents and abilities to those who are faithful in Christ for the purpose of building up the church. And when I talk about building up the church, again, I'm saying building up the church in you as the temple of the Holy Spirit and through you, building up the church, helping more and more people come to faith in Christ and mature in their walk. God has particular gifts, talents, abilities, and passions that he's doling out by the Spirit to you, to all of us, for the purpose of building up the church together. Amen? Feel free to say amen today. Yeah, we're on, we're on, a, we're on a mission today. Okay, so we've been looking at this kind of in a metaphor of kind of sports, because you're like, oh, I don't know if I get that, this idea of, you know, giftedness and spirit giftedness. And what we've been showing you kind of with this display is that, that it's actually very natural 
for us, especially in our culture, to pursue giftedness. We look for it, we celebrate it, we invest in it, we develop it. We even give trophies for it. This one's lighter than I thought, but it's for running, so you don't want to give a heavy trophy to a runner, right? Because they, you know. But one day, back in 2015, somebody got this trophy. And I'm sure they were very proud of it that day. And then you look at all these, you know, jackets. Again, we put them on here just to show you kind of that there's, a, there's an emphasis on giftedness here in our community. And so we have, you know, patches and accolades. And, you know, you could, again, we're just talking about sports, uh, you know, uh, accolades. There could be academic awards we could put on here. So many ways that we look for and celebrate giftedness in our community. And, and it's a rich history that we have in this particular culture, I would say, maybe more than every others. I mean, some of you uh, who are, are regulars at first service probably remember and know, you know, even in this church, we had a guy who was like a finalist for the Heisman Trophy back in the day, right? I mean, so we've had gifted athletes and, and academics and other kind of giftedness walk in this church and be a part of it. So we seek it, we celebrate it, we look for it. What if, and maybe I'm talking to parents in particular this morning, What if we took the same effort and energy to identify spiritual gifting in our children? How has God gifted you, not just for academics and athletics, which the the word will affirm, that's good, but how about for his kingdom and his glory? How has God gifted you? Now, again, those are gifts that may not come with trophies and patches and awards in this world, but the treasures to come in heaven will make things like this even more pale. So that's what we're talking about, is how can we celebrate and identify spiritual gifting in each other and then develop it and use it for God's glory here in the space of the church, and especially as Hinsdale Covenant Church. Now, how many of you who are athletes uh, ever had that moment where you're like, oh, I was on fire that day, or we, we look for it in each other, right? There's those special moments where you're like, I am... I'm untouchable today. And again, maybe you've had, you know, levels where you've been at high levels of academic, of, of athletic participation or just in your own walk. You know, I know that I've had some days where just it felt like, okay, everything I touch on that ball is going to do, is going to go exactly where I want to just feel it. So we look for this idea of people being on fire. You know, you might look at, you know, highlights of someone like a Steph Curry. And when he's on, he's on. It's like, how does he, he can't possibly even miss? It's like a other level of, you know, kind of giftedness. Or you know, if you're a Bulls fan, I had to look it up, Zach Levine, you know, apparently he has some, some talent, and when he gets on, he gets on, he's on fire, right? So we look for that, we celebrate it, we, we, we look at the highlights over to go, that's what we want to be, is someone who's on fire, where they're, like, they can't miss, they really stand out for their ability, their ability and their giftedness. That's what the Word is talking about. Even back in that passage that we read together, in in 2 Timothy, where he said, rekindle the fire, rekindle the gift of God that he's given you. He's he's really using this word fire, recognizing that there was a fire given to the church at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And guess what? At that time, the church was gathered. Everybody was in one space together. They didn't have separate services at Pentecost. They had one service. All the church was together. They were praying, and the Holy Spirit came. It looked like fire on their heads. And it ignited them for mission and ministry. Paul wasn't there, but he's remembering that, continuing. I said, look, continue to rekindle, refire, stoke up the flame of that gift of the Holy Spirit in you and in the church. Keep it hot. Stay on fire. Because what's the problem with fire? 
it always has a tendency to want to go out. Fire always has a tendency to want to go out, so we continue to stoke the fire. And he's saying, keep that flame lit, the gift of God that has been passed on to us. We have to work to keep that lit. So we have been looking at uh, spiritual gifts in three categories to kind of help make sense of it. And we've been grateful for the work of John Thompson and the Sanctus Church in Canada. Canada! And they have this book called Convergence and a resource that, again, uh, Pastor Joy has been using. Rooted groups are starting to use. We're going to continue this this year. This is, not, this is just our kickoff series for this year. We're going to continue to work on spiritual gifting, identifying it, nurturing it, and growing it here in the space of the church. You can hear more about this. And so that we're grateful for their work. They helped us see spiritual gifting in three categories. And we're working through them. This is the third week of categories. If you have missed these uh, sermons, by the way, or any sermon at all, you're welcome to go online and, and check them out. They're on YouTube. You can get the audio from sermons on our website. I wanted to say this, especially with the, the whole you know, membership here, here online, I recognize that sometimes you have to miss a Sunday. I do. I get it. But do me a favor. If this is your church home, will you take time during the week and listen to the sermons or enjoy the service on YouTube? It, you know, the service itself is about an hour-ish, or if you listen to the sermon, it might be like 25 minutes. That's just going to help you stay in pace with us, because I don't want you to miss. So I'm going to give you a quick summary of what we've been covering, but it's just going to be that, a summary. I'd love for you to go back online and hear these teachings, and anytime you miss, go follow back up with those teachings. Okay, first week we looked at love gifts, love gifts. Love gifts are arguably the most abundant in the church. We're all called to love, but the Holy Spirit gives gifts particularly to those in the church so they stand out. They're on fire with these ideas of gift of love. Gifts of love are, again, most abundant. They might be things like a merciful heart, the ability to help or give helps or walk alongside people tangibly and give help, or serving. You know, there's people that are gifted to serve in the church. They just love to do it. They do it very naturally. It's a gift. Some are a, a love gift of giving. They just get a heightened sense of generosity and need to express it as a gift in the spirit. And surprise, administration. Being an organizer, that is a love gift. And it can be when we see it, sense it as a gift in the Lord, we use it in the space of the church. Now, I want to say if you, if you resonate with any of these, if you're a merciful person or gifts or help or giving or administration, there's places in this church you can use those gifts. We have a caring team that does ministry to shut-ins. We have a fellowship team that uh, greets on Sunday and is trying to encourage uh, a fellowship in different events. We would love your help on that. Outreach. They just packed uh, food yesterday to deliver to uh, people who are in shelter or in our admin team. If you sense you have a love gift that you have not been using yet, please reach out to the office. Cassia is wonderful. She will get you connected to the chairperson of that ministry, and it's really great People ahead that up, Larry does uh, caring, Alana does fellowship, uh, or, uh, excuse me, Ursula does fellowship, Alana does outreach, and Charles does admin. All of them are really cuddly people. They would love to have you <laughs> serving on those teams. Next set of gifts are called uh, uh, word gifts, and Lars used his teaching gift to walk us through those last week. Now, again, arguably, these are not as abundant in the church. Love gifts, they're, they're, you should, be, should have a lot of those in a church. Word gifts, they may not be as abundant, but... They are certainly not just limited to those who are professional clergy. They are not, okay? They are things like the gift of teaching, the gift of exhortation, correction, or encouragement. They are the gift of apostleship, which would be like you live on mission. You, uh, an apostle is someone who's been sent, and you might be someone who's gifted where you sense 
a purpose to your walk and everywhere you go. You don't have to be at church to be in church. You sense this calling, this, this sending you have that you live out in every space. The gift of leadership is a, is a word gift or the gift of evangelism where you have a passion and a desire to share the word of God in a way that helps non-believers embrace the truth of the gospel, repent and believe and commit themselves to, to living and following Christ. If you have these gifts, we want to help you identify them, nurture them, and grow with them. Maybe you're looking at your list and like, I don't know if I have any of those. Okay, but here's the thing. You want to be around people who have that gift, right? It's not just, oh, they've got that gift that's good for them. You want to position yourself around people who have those gifts because we're all called to do these things, and you will learn how to do it as you walk with someone who is in a teaching ministry. They'll teach you how to teach or even evangelism. I have a cohort that's starting this month helping people learn how do I share my faith in a world today, okay? So position yourself around people who have word gifts. If you have these gifts, we would love to help you use them in spaces like Sunday Kids Camp, camp or The Loft, our youth ministry, being a rooted group host, a home group leader, or in our education team. We would love to help, which is headed up by Sarah Clark. We would love to get you connected so you can use your word gifts for the benefit of the church. Okay, now, today, we're going to be talking about power gifts. Power gifts. Power gifts is it may or may not be, arguably, the least abundant in the church, but that really depends on what church you go to. When we start talking about things like praying in tongues, or healing, or praying for miracles, got real quiet all of a sudden, May not be as abundant, but it depends on where you are. It depends on maybe what denomination you're connected to or what kind of church. Maybe if you're willing, show of hands, anyone ever been connected to a church that's maybe more charismatic? I'm, I'm ex- I was expecting to see double hands sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about power gifts like these. And then, you know, I get, before I get into them, and I'm going to walk you through them, and I've got some really exciting stories to share with you, um, I have to ask, you know, do we, do we, need, do we need power gifts in the church? Do we need them? Now, again, power gifts are going to be those things that are made available to us, gifts of the Spirit that are made available to us for the purpose of demonstrating the power, the presence, and the reality of God in a broken and dark world. Power gifts are given for the purpose of demonstrating the power, the presence, and the reality of God in a broken and dark world. Now, among the gifts, they may actually be the more exciting ones, like, you know, the ability to dunk a ball, but they can also be, sadly, the most divisive. Power gifts can often be the most divisive in a church. Before I get into that more, I would say that the use of power gifts in the church is one of the primary tools that you'll see if you travel around the world and you go on mission trips and you start to see how God is moving in other cultures and other countries Actually, the demonstration of power gifts is one of the leading ways of people coming to Christ in other cultures outside of the developed West. You see that more often there. So, question is, do we need them? Should we even be talking about them? I can tell you for sure that uh, our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, we accept them, we celebrate them. There's a lot of texture to different ECC churches around the country and around the world. And you might find a covenant church with a little more heightened use or appreciation of power gifts than than perhaps we are. And that's okay. That's okay. 
Um, so we're going to look at these uh, gifts. So the other question is, do we need them? Do we really need them and why? Okay. I want to point you to this text in Hebrews uh, chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 says this about why we might need the use of the power gifts. The author says, therefore, we must pay greater attention to what we have heard. He's talking about the gospel. Otherwise, we might tend to drift away from it. There goes that sense of fire having a tendency to fade out. It's the same thing, rekindle that gift, right? He's saying we have to pay attention to the gospel that we have heard so we don't drift away from it. For if the message declared through the angels was valid and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how can we escape the penalty of sin if we neglect such a great story of salvation, the gospel? He's saying the gospel we heard through the messengers of uh, considered angels, how can we neglect that? It's the only way we can escape the penalty of sin. The gospel, it, he said, was declared first through the Lord, and then it was attested to us by those who heard him. In other words, the story was told over again. They, heard what, they saw what Jesus did, died for sins, rose from the grave on the third day, anointed them with the Holy Spirit. If you weren't there, you heard about it from someone who was there, and so on and so on, Okay. So it's heard first to the Lord and then attested by those who heard him. And then God added to his testimony. Look at this. He added to his testimony of the gospel by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The gospel was made known first in Christ at the time he lived it. Then it's been passed on through word and affirmed by gifting and gifts. So do we need the power gifts in the church? Clearly, it's one of the tools that God will use to affirm his presence and his power and the reality of the gospel in a broken and dark world. So do we need power gifts? Do we need to even think about them? I guess my question back would, would be, uh, are they done? Have they stopped? Have they ceased? Has all the world heard the gospel yet? Have all believed in Christ? Have all the prayers that could be prayed been prayed already? Have all the prayers that have been prayed been answered yet? Is there no more need for God's wisdom is there no more need for God's faith? Is there no more need for spiritual direction? Is there no more need for divine inspiration? Has all sickness ended? Is there no more need for healing? Have we moved on from needing miracles? No. There's still work to be done. And if there's work to be done, then God's going to gift us to get the work done. So we look at power gifts. So, you're tracking with me? You're awfully quiet. That's okay. We're going to talk about power gifts, and I'm going to put them up here. And I'm going to, I put them in, uh, in some pairs, you know, kind of like, a, kind of like a, a, a shooter, you know, a hot shooter in a basketball team needs someone to pass them the ball. They need someone to assist. And they actually pair together pretty well, um, and they sort of complement each other, and that will help us for the sake of understanding them. As I go through these, I'm going to go through these individually, and I've got some stories to share with you this morning on the time we have left. And, and I'll warn you, some of them are a little strange, but I'm going to share with you stories how these things have been, been used in churches, 
and what the word says about them, and I hope that they're encouraging to you. But more importantly, I hope that as we're going through this, you're sensitive to maybe how God might be speaking to you this morning. That maybe there's something in one of the set of gifts where you're like, ooh, I, I sense that. Maybe that's a gift that God has for me that I haven't yet unpacked. So be aware that as we go through these uh, idea of power gifts, uh, there may be something the Holy Spirit directs your heart to receive today. Okay. So the first set is going to be prophecy, and then I pair that with words of knowledge. Prophecy and words of knowledge. Prophecy, it's not scary. What it is, it's the ability to hear and then to speak the will of God or the word of God for the encouragement or edification of the church. So it's a group-based thing. Prophecy is that idea. You hear from God, and then you deliver that word to the church for the sake of their growth and, and encouragement. Words of knowledge are different. They're, they're individual. I have a word, of, a word for you from the Lord. It may be in particular for a person, but both are sort of sensing a divine inspiration of word they always have to be consistent with God's word. Always, 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 always. Okay? And like I said, one, prophecy is for the church. Words of knowledge may be for the edification or blessing of an individual. But both are sort of divinely received. Now, humbly, I tell you that prophecy is, is one of my top gifts. And it just as I've tested it over and over again over the years that I've been walking with Christ... That's one that consistently comes up for me. Um, and again, it it's, it's, has to be in accordance to God's word. My continuing study of God's word and letting him inform me through his word and by his spirit, words that he's saying for us as a church. And I always, whenever I sense them, I, I present them and I live it out with humility. You know, I don't, some people call themselves prophet this, prophet, I don't, I don't agree with that. I really try to carry that gift with humility and, and certainly be obedient to the Spirit. But I feel like, if, if anything, that gift of prophecy is probably what fuels and feeds my preaching ministry and even my interpersonal ministry when I'm sitting with you know, men or individuals and working together on growing in faith. Okay? Um, prophecy is not, an always, not always an easy gift to carry. And, and sometimes I get accused uh, of, of being harsh. But I get what I get from the Holy Spirit, and I've got to express it. That's the difficult thing with prophecy, is it get it from the Lord, test it, sometimes resonate it with my colleagues, and then express it as, as God gives it, okay? And, and sometimes it's appreciated. I actually have other people in my life, mentors and things, that say, I don't think you go far enough, Simon. I think you really need to keep developing in that gift of prophecy. And some say, whoa, 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 it's a little hard to hear. That's, that's a gift of prophecy. Not always easy, not always appreciated, but humbly trusting its truth from the Lord. Words of knowledge, again, are more personal-based. Those can be images or words or instincts that apply to an individual to show them, again, the presence and power of God is here. Now, I was part of a church before that, as I was plugging in, was using words of knowledge in the service, and it worked like this. Before the service, we'd have a prayer team that went off. We prayed together for the service and for unity and for our worship. And then as we uh, ended our time of prayer before the service, we would say, okay, now let's take time and listen and just listen for what the Holy Spirit might be saying today. It might be words, it might be an image, it might be an instinct. And then we would just write them down. And then I had the privilege of standing up in front of the body during the prayer time, just as Lars led us a bit ago and said, okay, we prayed before the service 
And we have these words of knowledge that I'm going to give to you, and they may or may not connect to you. Maybe God is speaking to you today. And I'll be honest, sometimes they were just kind of in the air. It was like I would say you know, word of knowledge about something, and, and it wouldn't really connect. But there were times, and quite a few, that it really would stick. I mean, one time I had a, one of our team had a vision of, of, uh, of, of lumber coming at us, like, a, like coming through a window towards the person. It was just a vision they got. And so I said, okay, well, in today's word of knowledge, we had the sense that somebody, there, there's a, a beam of wood coming, you know, straight towards you at a window. Does that, that connects to you. And there was someone who came that day who had been injured in an accident on a highway where a beam of wood had fallen out of a truck and smashed their windshield, and they've been having lingering headaches. Uh, from that injury. And we prayed for them. And there was healing. Another time, uh, I had a sense of uh, words, bricks without straw. I wrote that down. Like, somebody here, bricks without straw. And I'd kind of do it that way because I wasn't really, you know, like, okay. Someone here maybe uh, you know, uh, a building making bricks without straw. There was a woman who had had a fallout with the church and had been trying to grow in her, her Christian faith without the benefit of being connected to a body. And she was challenged by a friend who said, Carol, you've got to find a church to plug into and continue your growth. You're making bricks without straw. And so for the first time, she came and found our church and was sitting there, and I said, today, someone here is making bricks without straw. Carol's knees buckled, and I'll tell you what, Carol became one of our most passionate, prayerful members after that time, God spoke to her in that way. Whew. Okay, discernment, that's not a pair, but it is the ability to discern between uh, what is good and what is evil. It's the ability to identify in the spirit what is of God and what is of not. You can actually have sort of a, a, a career in this. There are uh, spiritual directors. Anyone ever use a spiritual director? We, we make them available here and have before COVID. Yes, they're wonderful trained ministers who will help you in that sense of discernment, spiritual direction. They're, these are people who have this gift, are attuned to the Spirit's presence and truth. And they're also often aware of what might be evil spirits or schemes or lies or mistruths. You can hear this sometimes when people will visit a, the church and they'll come in and they'll go, you know, I just sense the, the presence of the Holy Spirit here. If you're one who does that, if you come into a space whether it's the church or someone else, you go, oh, I just sense the presence of God here. You may have the gift of discernment. Now, here's the thing. It has to be cultivated. Like, I feel like all these power gifts, it's not just, bam, you got it, and you can go live it out. I feel like if you have the gift of discernment, it has to be cultivated. It has to be nurtured. It has to be taught. It has to be used with humility. I have a mentor that has the gift of discernment and drives me crazy because I'll tell him some things that are going on in my life and he'll say, can I give you some, some perspective on that? I'm like, what do you think I called you for? Yes. And always has this gentle sense of direction, this way or that way, okay? That's the gift of discernment. Next set would be uh, faith and intercession. Faith and intercession. Now, who would have thought that spiritual gift could be faith? Aren't we supposed to all have faith? Aren't we here because we have faith? Yes. Faith as a spiritual gift is someone who has a heightened sense of faithfulness in all circumstances. Those are the people on the front of the bow of the boat during the storm that say, trust God, it's going to be okay. They have a spiritual gift of faith, faithfulness in all 
circumstances, like a supernatural, unwavering confidence in God's plan. And again, if this is not you, get around these people. Those are people with a gift of faith. It's connected, in a sense, to the gift of intercession, which is someone who is charged by times of prayer. You can see where it's connected in some ways to faith because they get into prayer and it's not tiresome to them. They really love it. They drive on it. They feed it. It's like plugging their phone into the jack. They get lit by times of prayer. That's intercession. And again, both are fueled by an idea of an unusual confidence in God's plans. And they'll press in and wrestle with God seeking uh, his wisdom on that. Now, in the book Convergence, they give us kind of three types of intercessory prayer you might be a, a phone book intercessor. I know there's a few of you out here because I've seen you do it. You have a notebook and you like to write names of people down and pray for them during the time. That's a phone book intercessor. You like to pray with a list and update the list. There are crisis intercessors. Those are people like spiritual first responders. They're the ones you call when you have a need and they dive in right that second. We're going to pray right now for that. That's a, a crisis intercessor. The next one would be an assignment intercessor, assignment intercessor. These are people that accept the long haul of praying maybe for a person or a place or an institution or a people group, and they'll do it long haul. You know, for example, God has put a burden on me to pray for Romania, and they'll pray and they'll pray, and it's a consistent part, a passion that God has given them. That's a gift of intercession and one way to use it. One night, middle of the night, or early in the morning. You tell me, is 4 a.m. morning? Is it night? I think it's still night, personally. My wife thinks it's early morning. Right about 4 a.m., uh, I, I was a, a, a half awakened with the name of an old neighbor uh, who, uh, that I'd moved away from some years before uh, on my heart. And uh, I could tell that there was like a battle going on. And so in my half-sleep sort of stupor, I just started to pray uh, for this, this person. And it just really sensed that there was like a battle going on. I remember praying, praying, praying really deeply. And then I think I went back to sleep, actually. Okay? Later on in the day, I was like, I'd probably reach out to him. I, I do that some. That happened earlier this week, too. Someone came to mind. I just prayed for them. I don't always reach out and say, oh, I'm praying for you because I heard about you. But I just prayed for that person. Ended up being a significant day. But this morning, that morning, I was praying for my friend, my neighbor. It seemed like there was a battle, and I reached out to him later in the day. I said, you know, God put you on my heart early this morning, and I was praying for you. How you doing? He said, about that same time, I woke up, and my beloved dog was making some weird sounds. And I got out of bed, and my dog was in some kind of arrest physically. And the dog, he said, just fell over and just died. And he's like, I know it's stupid, Simon, but I love that dog. I had that dog for a long time, and he was pretty healthy. It had some health challenges, but he's like, and I was really crying out this morning. I was really crying out in agony, and I was really crying out to God for my dog. And I was like, man, I was with you at that same time. I feel like God woke me up, and I was praying for you, and hang on. He said, I don't know how it happened. The dog got back up. He's like, the dog was dead. And somehow the dog started breathing again. And the dog got back up. My wife said, 
you're a dog healer. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. God will put things on your heart and say, pray. And often we can check those things and say, no, that's probably just dumb thought. Pray and let God work through the gift of intercession. Next. Now we're getting good stuff. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. How you doing? You doing all right? Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues is the ability to speak the gospel evangelistically in other languages and to connect uh, with relevance. The ability to communicate the gospel, perhaps in other languages. It's also a given prayer language, a glossolalia. Maybe you've heard of that. Kind of an uh, undeterminable uh, uh, prayer speak. Speaking in tongues is often the most divisive of all the gifts. Some would say it's a necessary sign for having received the Holy Spirit. I've heard that before. If you don't speak in tongues, you probably receive the Spirit. Uh, others say it's available to everybody, and we all should seek it, okay? Maybe. Others say it's creepy, uh, and they're suspicious of it. We shouldn't do it. According to John Thompson in the book, he says he has a great little uh, riff on this. He says, if the gift of tongues is given to you, when you use it, you will know it, God is being praised or thanked or that you're praying into a situation, but you will not know what is being fully said. Again, there's tongues evangelistically, the ability to speak the gospel with, in different languages or with unique relevance. And then there's this, this prayer language, this glossolalia. And he's saying, if you have that, you don't know what you're saying, but you know God is being praised. And it always, 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 always has to be connected with someone who can interpret that tongue. Another quick story. <laughs> Council meeting at another church, we were really trying to decide a big, big decision. We were thinking it through, thinking it through, went through all the burials. What are we going to do about this situation? We've got to figure this out. Figure this out, figure this out. And we were like looking at all the options. We had to make a decision really soon. And it was a big one for the direction of the church. And we were all wrestling with it, wrestling with it. We said, okay, let's just finally, I don't know why we always do this last. Let's go to prayer. We go to prayer. We're like, Lord, we really need to hear you in this moment. And it doesn't, it didn't happen often, but someone in our council began to pray in tongues, in a glossolalia, an, a, an undiscernible language. And at first, because I'm me, I'm like, whoa, okay, we're doing that? Okay, we're doing that. We, God, we need to hear from him. But what was really cool is not just that, that someone else stood up and said, you know, I have experience with this, and I have the gift of interpretation. And they began to say what they were hearing this person say in this kind of nonsensical prayer language. I'm just giving you to you how it was, Okay. And it was very helpful. I'm not saying what they said, we locked in, and that was the decision point, but it certainly moved the conversation from our heads to our hearts to the Spirit. And we were able to discern what God had for us that time. The gift of tongues and interpretation. It's, it's a way that God can speak, and it always has to be partnered with that gift of interpretation. It's a way that God can speak. What should we do? Pray. Last set, uh, healing and miracles. Healing and miracles. We know that in the scriptures, elders are invited to pray and anoint with oil. But God does give individuals the gift of healing. It's motivated by a sense of mercy and accomplished maybe through the gift of faith and intercession. I, I love what John Thompson says. It really is about permission. It's saying, Lord, if you have this gift for me, if you have a healing for me, I accept it. And that's both if you're the person that needs the healing or the person who's praying for the healing. 
Same with miracles, but it's not physical healing. It's the ability to have, uh, to nurture God's influence in other spaces outside of like the physical, maybe uh, a decision or a need or some other kind that's, that's not health related. God moving in other circumstances beyond uh, physical healing. It might be the restoration of a relationship or, or some other expression. Um, checking the time. I have a, a mother-in-law who has probably a gift for miracles more than, than healing. Uh, and I'll tell you a quick story. She had neighbors that moved in, uh, and she was trying to uh, connect with them, share the gospel with the previous neighbors. She had led to Christ in a profound way, and they had, had moved, and new house came in. These neighbors from another country, another culture, my mother-in-law went over with you know, some gifts, was trying to share the gospel with them, and she said in, the, in getting to know them, one of them said, we're praying, well, we're not praying, we really need my, our, our visas to come in quick, uh, and, and there's so much delay and red tape, and we're not doing it, so my mother-in-law said, I, can I pray for you about that, and I'm going to pray in, in Jesus' name for that, and so she put her hands on this new neighbor, prayed for in Jesus' name, would you let the visa come quickly so that she can know that you're here and real and you love her and you care about her? And in quick timing, I mean supernatural time, I don't remember how many days it was right after that, they came. They were approved and they came. And the neighbor came back to my mother-in-law's house and said, look, I pray to my other God for my whole life and he's never done what your Jesus has done. Can you tell me more about him? She came to faith. Her husband came to faith. Their kids came to faith. She led her parents in China to faith. They became evangelists in China. All because God did a miracle. Someone once told me it is not about the healer itself. It's trust in the God who heals and trust in the God who does miracles. You're just the vehicle. You're just the vehicle. Maybe God has that gift for you today. It's always, friends, about pointing people towards the reality of God's presence and purpose in a broken and dark world. That's why we need them. I'm going to have the worship team come forward, please. That is not the, what, no, never mind. I'm going to ask you, though, are you open to receiving? This may seem weird stuff to you today. You were like, I'm not, I thought we were just voting on a budget. Are you open, though, to receiving the spiritual gift God has for you? Are you open to that? Are you, are you ready and waiting? Do you need to rekindle that gift of, of faith, that flame of the gift of God? that he has for you, that's been passed on from generations to generations to now? Are you open to receiving that gift for the purpose of continuing the story and sharing the kingdom and growing it to God's grace? Are you open to receiving the gifts of God from his spirit for your own maturity and for his own service, the gifts of love, maybe a word gift, maybe even a power gift. If you're open to that, then I want to share with you a very simple, I couldn't have worded it any more simply, but I want to just, before we press into this prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment and pray this prayer. We might pray it two or three times as Ashley leads us in worship this morning, in responsive worship. I just, don't, let's pray empty words. Let's not heap up empty phrases. If you're, not, if you're here to, and you're not ready for this, that's okay. Just be honest about it. Just say, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out who Jesus is in my life. 
I'm still trying to figure out how I fit into the story of grace. I don't quite get it yet. I'd rather you be honest than just heap up an empty praise, empty prayer, okay? And if that's where you're at, then I'd love to walk with you. Lars would walk with you, Joy. We'd love to hear your questions and concerns and hear what's maybe holding you back rather than praying an empty prayer. But if you are here today and something is stirring inside you to rekindle that gift of that faith, maybe even receive a gift from the Lord, Will you stand with us right now? Will you stand right now? Just, it doesn't matter what the people around you think. It doesn't matter who's going to see you online. You just stand up and just say, Lord, I want more. I want to rekindle that gift. We pray together from our souls, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit's gifting, fill us with your love, lead us by your word, and empower our witness for your glory and in your name we pray. Let's do it again. Lord Jesus, by your Spirit's gifting, open your hands, fill us with your love, lead us by your word, and empower our witness for your glory and in your name we pray one more time with your soul and your heart wide open. Lord Jesus, by your Spirit's gifting, fill us with your love, lead us by your word, empower our witness your glory and in your name we pray amen amen amen